Hello my friends, this is Nikki. Welcome to episode 34 of Learning About the Lord. Today we're going to talk about how Judah Thaddeus, Jesus' cousin, along with Simon Zelot and Thomas, are uh, joining up with Jesus uh, along the road where Jesus asked them to meet him. And this is Simon Zelot's first time coming back to Jesus after he'd been cured by him. And it's also the first time that Jesus' cousin Judah is officially joining Jesus' group. So they're on the road, and Simon Zelot asks Judah, Have you always been with him? Yes, always, says Judah. Since he came back to Nazareth, he was my good companion. We were always together. We are about the same age. I am a little older and I was the favorite of his father, who was my father's brother. Also, his mother was very fond of me. I grew up more with her than with my own mother. Simon Zelot says, She was fond? Is she no longer as fond of you now? Oh, yes, says Judah, she is. But we have parted a little since he became a prophet. My relatives are not happy about it. Which relatives? My father and the two older brothers. The other one is undecided. My father is very old and I did not have the courage to hurt him. But now, now no longer so. Now I am going where my heart and my mind tell me. I am going to Jesus. I don't think I am offending the law by doing so. In any case, if what I want to do was not right, Jesus would tell me. I will do what he says. Is it right for a father to prevent a son from doing good? If I feel that my salvation is there, why prevent me from reaching it? Why, at times, are our fathers our enemies? Simon sighs, as if he were overwhelmed by sad memories himself. He lowers his head but does not speak. Thomas instead replies, I have already overcome the obstacle. My father listened to me, and he understood me. He blessed me, saying, Go, may this Passover be for you the liberation from the slavery of waiting. You are fortunate because you can believe. I will wait. But if it is really him, and you will find out following him, then come and say to your old father, Come, Israel has the expected one. You are luckier than I am, says Judah, and we always lived beside him. And we in the family do not believe. We say, that is, they say, he has gone mad. Now I want you to realize how difficult it must be for Mary, who still lives in Nazareth and is known by everyone there, that her son, the Lord, the Savior, the Messiah, is treated as if he has gone crazy, as if he has gone mad. How within his own community, his own village, his own relatives even, he's not believed, he's not known and loved yet as the Savior. So very difficult and challenging obstacles for the Virgin Mary and for those people who do love and believe in Jesus, where they feel like the whole village is against them, including his, uh, his cousins. His cousins, some of them think he's gone crazy, and some of them believe. So there's strife within the family itself. And some of us know what that's like, 
We are true believers in the true life in God. We love God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Virgin Mary. But we find that our relatives sometimes do not have the same deep love and faith that we have. So we have to pray for them, be patient with them, sometimes defend our faith from them, and go on loving God and trusting in Him and knowing that He loves us and takes very good care of us. Going back to our lesson, we will continue. They see Jesus arriving with the other apostles. Master, they call. Jesus, my Lord. The three cries of the disciple, the cousin, and the cured leper are full of joy and veneration. Peace to you, says Jesus. There is the beautiful, unmistakable, full, resonant, calm, expressive, clear, virile, sweet, incisive voice. You too, Judah, my cousin, are here? They embrace each other, and Judah is weeping. Why are you weeping? Oh, Jesus, I want to stay with you. I have been waiting for you all the time, says Jesus. Why did you not come? Judah lowers his head and is silent. They did not let you, says Jesus. And now? Jesus, I, I cannot obey them. I want to obey only you. And Jesus says, But I did not give you an order. No, you did not, says Judah. But it is your mission that gives it. It is he who sent you who is speaking here in my heart and says to me, Go to him. It is she who bore you, my sweet teacher, who with her gentle look, as mild as a dove, says to me without uttering a word, Be of Jesus. Can I ignore that heavenly voice that pierces my heart? Can I ignore the prayers of such a holy woman who implores me for my own good? Only because I am your cousin on Joseph's side am I not to acknowledge you for what you are? Whereas the Baptist recognized you, although he had never seen you, here on the banks of this river, and he greeted you as the Lamb of God. And I, should I not be capable of anything, although I was brought up with you, and I was good because I followed you, and I became a son of the law through your mother, from whom I learned not the six hundred and thirteen precepts of the rabbis, besides the scriptures and the prayers, but the essence of them all. And Jesus asks, And your father? My father, says Judah, he does not lack bread and assistance. And then you give me the example. You have thought of the welfare of the people rather than the little advantage of Mary, and she is alone. Tell me, Master, is it not right for a son to say to his father, without lacking respect, Father, I love you, but God is above you, and I will follow him. Judah, my cousin and my friend, says Jesus, I tell you, you have made good progress on the way to light. Come, it is lawful to speak thus to a father when it is God who calls. There is nothing above God. Also the laws of relationship cease. That is why they are raised to a dignity, because with our tears we give our fathers and mothers a greater help, and for something everlasting, not for a short time in this world. We draw them with us to heaven, and by sacrificing our affections to God, 
So, Judah, stay here. I have been waiting for you, and I am happy to have you, the friend of my life at Nazareth. Judah is touched. Jesus addresses Thomas. You obeyed faithfully. That is the first virtue of a disciple. I came because I want to be faithful to you, said Thomas, and you will be. I tell you, and you who are hiding shyly in the shade, come here. Do not be afraid. My Lord, says Simon Zelot. He is at Jesus' feet. Stand up, says Jesus. Your name? Simon. Your family? My Lord, it was powerful. I was powerful too. But bitter, sectarian hatred and errors of youth damaged its power. My father, oh, I must speak against him who caused me to shed so many earthly tears. You see, you saw the gift he gave me. Was he a leper? asks Jesus. He was not, neither was I, says Simon Zelot. But he suffered from another disease, which we in Israel associate with various forms of leprosy. He, his caste, was then triumphant. He lived and died as a powerful man at home. I, if you had not saved me, I would have died in the valley of sepulchres. Are you alone? asks Jesus. Yes, I am. I have a faithful servant who looks after what property is left. I sent word to him. And your mother? asks Jesus. She is dead, the man says. Jesus looks at him attentively. Simon, you asked me, what shall I do for you? Now I say to you, follow me. I will at once, my lord, says Simon Zelot. But let me tell you one thing. I was called Zelot because of the caste, and Cananean because of my mother. See, I am of a dark complexion. In my veins there is the blood of a slave woman. My father had no children from his wife, and he had me from a slave. His wife was a good woman, and she brought me up as her own son. She took care of me in my endless illnesses until she died. And Jesus says, There are no slaves or free men in the eyes of God. There is only one slavery in his eyes, sin. And I have come to abolish it. I am calling everybody, because the kingdom is of all men. Are you a learned man? Yes, I am, says Simon Zelot. I also had my position amongst the important people, as long as my disease was hidden under my clothes. But when it spread to my face, my enemies then could not believe they were at last able to confine me amongst the dead, although a Roman doctor of Caesarea, when I consulted him, told me that mine was not real leprosy, but hereditary serpigule, which I would spread only by procreation. Is it possible for me not to curse my father? You must not curse him, says Jesus. He has caused you all sorts of trouble. Yes, yes, he did, says Simon Zelot. He was a squanderer, a vicious, cruel, heartless man without any love. He deprived me of my health. He denied me love and peace. He branded me with a shameful name and with a disease which is a mark of infamy. He wanted everything for himself, even his son's future. He deprived me of everything, also of the joy of being a father. That is why I say to you, 
Follow me, says Jesus. As my follower you will find father and children. Look up, Simon. There, the true father is smiling at you. Look at the wide world, at the continents, at the countries. There are children and children everywhere, children of the souls for the childless. They are waiting for you, and many, like you, are also waiting. There are no foundlings under my sign. There is no solitude, no difference in my sign. It is a sign of love, and it gives love. Come, my childless Simon. Come, Judah, who are losing your father for my sake. I join you too in the same destiny. They are both beside him. He is holding his hands on their shoulders as if he were taking possession of them and imposing a common yoke on them. Jesus then says, And I unite you two together. But now I will separate you. Simon, you will stay here with Thomas. You will prepare with him the way for my return. I will be back soon and I want the people to be waiting for me. Tell the sick people that he who can cure their illnesses is about to come here. You can certainly tell them that. Tell those who are waiting that the Messiah is among his people. Tell the sinners that he who forgives has come to give them strength to rise. Will we be able to do that, they ask? Yes, you will, says Jesus. All you have to say is, he has come. He calls you. He is waiting for you. He has come to grant you graces. Come here to see him. And to these words add a report of what you know. And you, Judah, my cousin, come with me. But you will stay at Nazareth. Why, Jesus? Because you must prepare my way in my fatherland. Do you think it is a small mission? I can tell you that there is not a harder one, Jesus sighs. And will I succeed, asks Judah? You will and you will not, but it will be sufficient to be justified. Justified of what? asks Judah. And with whom? With God, says Jesus. With your fatherland, with your family. They will not be able to reproach us because we offered good things. And if the fatherland and the family will disdain our offer, we shall not be blamed for their loss. And what about us? ask the others. You, Peter, you will go back to your fishing nets. Why? asks Peter. Because I will teach you slowly, and I will take you with me when I find that you are ready. But will we see you then? asks Peter. Certainly, says Jesus. I will come often to see you, or I will send for you when I am at Capernaum. Now let us say goodbye, my friends, and let us go. I bless you who are staying here. May my peace be with you. Before Jesus separates his apostles on their separate missions, he brings them all to Nazareth to meet his mother. As he approaches Nazareth, some young boy informs his mother that Jesus has arrived. She comes to the door and sees him and greets him, Son! He answers, Mother! They are in each other's arms. Mary, who is much smaller than Jesus, is leaning with her head on her son's chest, clasped in his arms. He kisses her blonde hair, and they enter the house. The disciples, including Judah, remain outside to leave Jesus and Mary free in their first effusions. Jesus, my son, Mary's voice trembles, as if it were choked with sobs. Why, mother, why are you so upset? 
Oh, son, they told me in the temple that day there were some Galileans and some Nazarenes, and they came back, and they told me, Oh, son. But you see, mother, says Jesus, I am well. I suffered no harm. God was glorified in his house. Yes, I know, son of my heart, says Mary. I know it was like the blare awakening the sleepers, and I am happy for the glory given to God. I am happy that this people of mine wakes to God. I am not reproaching you. I will not be a hindrance to you. I understand you, and I am happy. But I begot you, son. Mary is still clasped by Jesus' arms, her head against his chest. Her eyes are shining with tears. Mother, poor mother, Jesus says. Then he says to her, See, I am here, but I am not alone. I have my first disciples with me, and the other ones are in Judea. Also my cousin Judah is with me and follows me. Judah, says Mary. Yes, Judah, says Jesus. I know why you are surprised. Among those who told you what happened, there certainly was my uncle Alpheus with his sons, and I am not mistaken if I tell you that they criticized me. But do not be afraid. Today is so. Tomorrow will be different. A man is to be cultivated like the soil, and where there are thorns there will be roses. Judah, of whom you are so fond, is already with me. Where is he now? asks Mary. Outside with the others. Have you got enough bread for everyone? Yes, son. Mary of Alpheus, that's Judas's mother, is taking it out of the oven just now. Mary is very good to me, particularly now. God will give her glory, says Jesus, and he goes to the door and he calls everyone. And they come in, and Jesus introduces the five disciples to Mary. Here is Peter, Andrew, James, Nathaniel, and Philip. And he doesn't introduce John because he has already met Mary, and he is already kneeling at her feet to receive her blessing. Mary greets them and asks them to sit down. She wants to offer them water to wash, and Peter objects and says, No, woman, I cannot allow that. Please sit near your son, Holy Mother. I will go, we will all go, into the kitchen garden to refresh ourselves. Mary of Alpheus rushes in and brings them out into the garden, and there they wash up. Oh, Mary, she says to the Virgin, Judah told me how happy I am for Judah and for you, my dear sister-in-law. I know that the others will scold me, but it does not matter. I will be happy the day I know that all of my sons are for Jesus. We are mothers, and we know. We feel what is good for our children, and I feel that you, Jesus, are the wealth of my children. So we've seen in this lesson how even Jesus' family could be against him, his uncle Alpheus, three of his cousins. His fourth cousin Judah has joined him, though. Judah's mother Mary of Alpheus is also a believer in him. And so there is love and there is strife. And this is often the case when we have a deep feeling of love for God, a deep passion for God, that other people don't always understand us. But I hope that you who are listening are or will become among those who do have a deep and loving passion for God and put God 
above all other things in your life. Let Him be your foundation. Grow from Him. Grow to Him. Graft yourself onto Him. And always keep learning more and more the wisdom of God. Today's reading was from the Poem of the Man-God, Maria Valtorta, Volume 1. Thank you so much for joining me. Please come back for our next session. Go with God.